재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Every Sunday, we start the show with Helen Cho's hot new releases. Helen is a freelance translator, interpreter, and book news reporter for The Bookend. Hi, Helen. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Anything exciting going on? Yes, there's a lot going on in the world of literature this week. Mm -hmm. So let's begin with international literature. What's the latest buzz? Well, I want to begin today by drawing your attention to the last surviving piece of script by William Shakespeare. Oh, that's exciting. It was written hundreds and hundreds of years ago, mm -hmm. but its substance, which is the humane treatment of migrants, is strikingly relevant in Europe today, mm -hmm. or everywhere in the world, in fact. Right. And every time I think about it, I find it absolutely incredible how literature could really communicate across time and yes. speaks to us. Mm-hmm. And the British Library in London has put this historic item online, um, all in honour of the 400th anniversary of Shakespeare's death. So this is the last surviving play script handwritten by William Shakespeare. And um, this, in this particular scene, he imagines Sir Thomas More making an impassioned plea for the humane treatment of refugees from Europe. And this is going to be made available online by the British Library in London. Mm. I saw images of this script online and he had just this beautiful handwriting. I know, right? Yeah. I also had an impeccable Elizabethan handwriting. Uh, and he used quills back then too. So, <laughs> so it's, it's very pretty. Mm. But can you tell us more about the play? So the original play was written by Anthony Monday in approximately 1600 and it deals um, with the life of Sir Thomas More, um, Henry VIII's counsellor and Lord Chancellor. And so it wasn't written by Shakespeare mm -hmm. and it wasn't staged back then because of fears that it might incite unrest. Um, so Thomas More in the play um, quelled um, a... a 1517 anti-foreigner uprising in London. Mm. Um, he does that by asking the writers to imagine themselves being banished to live abroad and what it would be like for themselves to be foreigners. Right. Um, well, Shakespeare was one of the several writers who were brought in to revise the piece and it is his contribution that reminds the most remarkable, is absolutely striking. Um, he was commissioned to add the 164-line scene in the middle of the play and we know that it's Shakespeare who wrote those lines because um, based on his handwriting, spelling, imagery and ideas expressed. Mm -hmm. And when I say spelling, I don't mean typos or spelling mistakes <laughs> because right. back then the English spelling had not being standardized yet mm -hmm. um, but I think that that it's remarkable that this is how they used to revise plays back then they would ask different playwrights to come in and revise different sections I wonder, the assumption like, that the original um, playwright wouldn't mind. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it must have taken some very careful investigation to identify that this was indeed Shakespeare's mm. contribution. Can you tell us about the scene that he wrote? So this scene um, is absolutely powerful in, its, in the message that it gets across. Um, it features Sir Thomas More, um, who challenges anti-immigration writers in London. Mm. And what makes it um, so important was the fact that it was written at a time um, when there were heightened tensions over the number of French Protestants seeking asylum in London, the capital. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, St. Thomas More calls on the crowds to empathise with the immigrants and he asks them to imagine what it would be like if they um, went to other parts of Europe and became strangers themselves. 
and he pleads with them against what he calls the mountainous inhumanity. I think mountainous inhumanity, unfortunately, is something that we see still everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think the censorship that they put on this play makes sense um, in light of the fact that there was this possibility of unrest. But I understand you brought in an excerpt from the Bard's plea. Can you read it for us? Um, yes, I'll read you some of my favourite lines from the scene that Shakespeare added. And it goes, Say now the king, as it is clement if the offender mourn, should so much come too short of your great trespass as but to banish you, whither will you go? What country, by the nature of your error, should give you harbour? Go you to France or Flanders, to any German province, Spain or Portugal, nigh anywhere that would that not adheres to England, why you must needs be strangers. Mm. It's been nearly 500 years since the 1517 anti-foreigner uprising in London. One would think that we'd have learned to be good to immigrants by now. I know. So like I said, this um, script from the book of Sir Thomas More is particularly poignant given the current European migra- migration crisis. Mm-hmm. So this manuscript, if you're interested and want to find out more, has been conserved and digitised Mm -hmm. and it will be available um, to view online um, on the British Library website and there will be an extensive exhibition on the playwright at the library next month. Mm -hmm. I think it's always a relief when I hear that some rare document has been digitised because in the past, before the age of digitising rare documents, every Mm -hmm. time you wanted to see a rare document, you had to go to the actual thing. And, and handle it. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's always that fear that you're going to ruin it or like you, you don't actually no, no. ever get to touch it or, or look Just at it. Just imagine how many people mm-hmm. would actually want to you know, look at the yes, manuscript. Yes, 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 exactly. It would be one of those rare moments where I venture into the realm of e-books. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so it looks like Shakespeare is the talk of the town and the town being London. What's our second news item on Shakespeare? Yes, this is sure to pique our um, listeners' interest. A set of four extremely rare folios of William Shakespeare's plays um, that have been dubbed the Holy Grail of Publishing um, will go on sale at an auction that coincides with the 400th anniversary of his death. Mm -hmm. The Holy Grail, huh? Yes, the Holy (laughs) Grail of Publishing, the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. Um, So the four folios that are going on this, uh, they'll be on display in New York and London in April before being sold in London on the 25th of May. So mm-hmm. you have between now and um, the end of May to make save a lot of money. Some, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume the folios will fetch some astronomical sums, but the folios themselves must be astronomically old as well. When were they published? The first folio of William Shakespeare was published in 1623 and it included 36 plays, half of which had not been um, previously published. Mm-hmm. And so they would have been lost otherwise. Mm. And it really confirmed Shakespeare's status as a serious writer because it's rather unusual for a playwright of the time to be regarded as worthy of a proper leather-bound mm, book. Leather-bound book. <laughs> such a beautiful, actually, book um, mm-hmm. if you look at it. And there were later editions which were published in 1632, 1664 and 1685. And the third digit edition included a further play called Pericles, Prince of Tyre. Mm. Just how rare are the first folios? Are, are these the only one that survived? Um, I want to talk about just how expensive they are actually, mm-hmm. um, more than anything. Um, uh-huh. Of um, 750 first folios that were printed, 233 are recorded as having survived. And 
the one being offered by auction house Christie's um, is valued at between £800,000 and £1.2 million, and that is about um, one to um, one million US dollars. Wow. So that's not on the official list, uh-huh. but apparently um, this one and two of the other folios are from a discreet and off-the-radar private collection in Europe. Mm-hmm. Well... If you have several million dollars and you're a fan of Shakespeare, head on down to Christie's and and buy the first folios. Shakespeare is such a global brand these days. The 400th anniversary of his death is being marked by events around the world, and Korea is no exception. Can you tell us about some of the most exciting Shakespeare performances happening in Seoul? Yes, I want to um, start by talking about the upcoming Korean production of one of Shakespeare's most popular history plays. um, It's Henry IV Parts 1 and 2, Mm -hmm. Prince and Falstaff. And it had its premiere in Korea in 2002, and it was a hit that is coming back this year and is being brought back to the stage once again by director Kim Gwangbo, mm. um, who is one of the most sought-after directors in Korea. And I've seen other works by Kim Gwangbo, and I just I really like his directing style. Actually, uh-huh. what do you like about his directing pays, style? He's really meticulous with his details, and uh-huh. you know I like the how um, the actors come alive on stage mm-hmm. in the place that he directed, and um, they'll be on stage um, in Korea in Seoul and um, from Master. 29th through to April the 14th. Mm. Can you give us a brief summary of Henry IV? So this popular Shakespeare play and historical play is based on the reign of Henry IV and the British king who seized the throne after killing Richard II. And we also have Prince Hal, um, who is son of Henry IV, who lives in dissipation and adapts restrained behaviour to mm-hmm. hide his ambition for power. Mm. And he plunges right into an experience of low living through his friendship with Falstaff and he's one of the most likable characters in Shakespeare I think he drinks a lot he's such a libertine and he ridiculous the hypocrisy of power mm-hmm. but then as soon as Prince Hal um, ascends to the throne he is abandoned Falstaff is abandoned as, as soon as Prince Hal becomes king yes. and <laughs> this actually reminds me of a saying or a proverb in Korean uh-huh. um, that goes something like um, after the rabbit hunt is over the fox is sacrificed oh <laughs> yes, so there's another connection that you can make across different cultures. Uh-huh. And there are also some special productions from abroad. Can you tell us about their unique interpretations of Shakespeare? Mm-hmm. There's one coming from China, right? Yes. National Theatre of China's Richard III is coming to Seoul after performing in um, various places in, around the world like London, New York and Taipei. Mm-hmm. And this Richard III will be performed in Chinese, in Mandarin, of course, um, with Korean subtitles. Mm-hmm. And you just won't be surprised to find that the production incorporates visual symbols of Chinese cultures, as well as some of the techniques of Chinese opera and mm. other elements of Asian stagecraft. You even find some elements of Kung Fu. Oh, nice. So Shakespeare, yes, performed with Kung Fu. Uh-huh. Very exciting. So, um, for example, on stage, um, you see that the inner world of the characters is reflected through figures of Peking opera performers. Mm-hmm. I mean, China and... England have these parallels where they have this long history of monarchy, so I can see a parallel there. But it sounds like Fusion Shakespeare. I wonder what insightful choices they made with Richard III himself. I mean, he's a he's this like crippled mm. monarch, right? 
Um, well, this one is really different. Um, according to the director of the National Theatre of China, uh, Mr. Wang Shouing, um, Richard, this new Richard can be looked on as a person who holds a healthy appearance but inner defects. Mm, and okay. I so have, he's fine on the outside? Yes. Okay. I think this direct quote from the director really explains what it means. He says, When Richard III faces the outside world and speaks to others, he limbs, his limbs are healthy. However, when he performs his opening monologue and expresses his evil thoughts, his limbs go twisted and shrinking. Mm. And this is the yin and yang of Chinese philosophy. Mm-hmm. So how many performances? There would only be three performances taking place on the 1st um, through to the 3rd of April, so you better get your tickets now. Mm. <laughs> right now. <laughs> there are limited seats available, <laughs> and I think just any play about ruthless ambition for power and a thirst for um, you know, uh, reaching mm-hmm. a higher status is always you know, mm-hmm. timely, very interesting. It's a great cause for drama too, you know, thirst mm-hmm. for power. Mm-hmm. So besides the performance stills um, I, I've seen in uh, the the performance stills that I've seen of this this production reveal very powerful set design, and I, I saw these uh, red streaks of blood in the background of uh, Richard the Third, I think brandishing his sword. Sounds like a Shakespeare history. Yeah. <laughs> so who else is bringing Shakespeare to town? We have a very new, exciting new production of Shakespeare from a Scottish artist Billy Coey. It's called Shakespeare Needs You. He is a very successful Scottish... Um, Billy Coey is a very successful Scottish choreographer, composer and filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And he mostly um, focuses in the area of dance theatre performance, screen dance and installation. Mm-hmm. And um, you can actually read about his work um, in the book titled Agna Cake Dance that was published in 2006. Mm-hmm. Shakespeare dance, how interesting. Mm-hmm. So this new dance piece about Shakespeare will be showing in Seoul. Um, it starts on the 31st of March and runs until the 3rd of April and is all part of this year's Festival Pong, mm-hmm. Festival Spring. Spring. Yes. And the idea behind this production is that William Shakespeare is still around mm-hmm. and for the last 400 years he's been trying to get under the skin of everyone on this planet and he's met with a lot of resistance around the world obviously oh, and this okay. year 2006 is going to be the year of his final push uh-huh. so he decides to start by skyping two poetically challenged <laughs> dancers in Korea uh-huh. of all countries around the world okay. but unfortunately the two dancers that he um, communicates with are not impressed with um, his big head as mm-hmm. they call him mm-hmm. and they decide to push back and I'm just really intrigued to see how all this is going to be expressed in dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we've uploaded the links to these performances that we mentioned today on our website via tbsefm.soul.kr and also we'll be discussing Hamlet during the roundtable in two weeks. So just giving you a heads up so you can maybe read it again or refresh your memory if you haven't already. Well, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Helen, for coming in and we'll see you again next Sunday. Yes, I'm off to theatres now. (laughs) Bye. Let's take a song break with Sanchek or A Stroll by Korean singer Han Hee-jung. Please stay tuned for today's roundtable. Uh 